Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Interviewing Aliens. Uh, I'm Jeff, a.k.a. the Naptown Mystic, a.k.a. Awake in Discord. I am your alien host, Tiffany. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at cosmic underscore kink. And today we have a truly special guest with us. We have Bianca Roland, um, a self-taught artist whose work is a vibrant celebration of imagination and the transformative power of art. Bianca's creations are not just visually stunning, they're also a journey into whimsical and fantastical ecosystems. From intricate 3D art to mixed media pieces that include canvases, sculpture, jewelry, and wall hangings, her portfolio is as diverse as it is captivating. Mm. But what sets Bianca's work apart is not just her artistic talent, it's her commitment to creative sustainability. Many of her unique pieces are partially upcycled, breathing new life into found or thrifted materials. In a world where art and sustainability don't often meet, Bianca shows us that creativity does not have to come at the expense of our planet. Bianca also practices the art of canticumancy. Uh, for those who may not be familiar with the term, canticumancy is a form of divination or spiritual practice that involves the use of songs, chants, or melodies to gain insights or connect with higher realms. It's a fascinating blend of music and mysticism where the practitioner taps into the vibrational energies of sound to seek guidance, healing, and even to predict future events. In Bianca's case, she practices conticumancy with the assistance of her spirit guide, Alice, adding another layer of depth and spirituality to her already multifaceted life and work. So sit back and get ready to be inspired as we delve into the colorful and conscientious world of Bianca Rowland. Welcome to the show. Thank you. My goodness, what an introduction. I am I am humbled and kind of want to cry a little bit. <laughs> and welcome, Alice. Thank you for yeah. joining us. Alice, we're glad you're here too. Awesome. Um, well, how long have you been a member of Justice Community? Let's let's just start there real quick. Well, um, I had to I had yesterday I went back and I discovered uh Jessa, period. Um, via Jason Louv's Ultra Culture podcast. She uh, had an episode with him back in October. But I don't think I heard it until March, maybe. And um, she, oh God, I resonate so hard with her. I, I really resonate with her. Um, she's very direct. She's, she's just very cut and dry. You know, it's not a whole lot of flowery language. And she has been able to articulate um, a lot of experiences that I've had in a way that sort of helped them click for me. Um, she and I also are really super close in age. Like I'm January of 77 and I think she's February of 77. So I feel a lot of resonance towards her. And I, I liked the no-nonsense approach that she has to spirituality. And I think I probably ended up joining the Patreon and the Discord within about a month. Wow. Well, I'm so glad that you did. Um, I remember right around the time that you joined and 
I'm not sure how long after that it was that you started, you know, offering some of your Contiguancy um, services uh, via uh, the the Discord there. But I remember when I, I first reached out to you and, and got a reading from you, I was really blown away by how accurate it was. And oh, and I think yours was the first one I did too. Really? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. okay. <laughs> Very cool. I love that so much. Yeah, um, I, I still go back and listen to the playlist that you gave me. I know it's only three songs, but I listen to yeah. those and think about just like the crazy like connection I felt the moment that I got those from you. So oh, I really do appreciate that. And I appreciate you mm-hmm. um, coming on here to, to share more about yourself with the community. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Um, so tell us more about your artwork. Um, oh gosh, where to start? Um, I, I guess what, what, what direction would you like me to take with that? Cause that's a very big subject. Sure. Well, why don't you start with what, what is the work that you are currently working on? Um, well, sitting on the table where my computer is currently sitting, I've got 28 little three inch by three inch canvases. And on those, I am doing some of my mixed media clay. They're, they're wall sculptures, basically. So that is the project I'm in the middle of at the moment. Um, I've got a fiber commission that I'm going to be working on here in a few days that I've already been paid for. Um, and I've got a wall hanging that I've got about 10% left on it that I need to do and I'm procrastinating it. So those are my, my three current projects. Right on. So I've looked at quite a bit of your work um, on your site uh, and in pictures that you, you've shared with us. Um, you have such an interesting eye. Thanks. The things you put together are so... I'm going to use the word busy because I don't know how else to describe it. There's just so much going on. And yeah. they look... Like, I just want to reach out and touch them, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. Is that something that you think about when you're putting them together? Like, is it is your work meant to be, like, physically interacted with? Um, no, not at this point. It's not. Uh, it's it's somewhat fragile. I do want to work um, towards that. So there is a, a uh, it, immersive art experience here. I live in the general Oklahoma City area. And there is an immersive art installation called factory obscura if um your audience is familiar with meow wolf like they've got their first one was in santa fe and they've got them in denver and Mm -hmm. vegas and a couple of them in texas now it's very similar and so i have a piece of art there um but it's a diorama diorama that is behind glass however they have talked to me about at some point in the future doing something that is um big and can be walked through and can be touched. So while the stuff that I make right now is not really meant to be handled a whole lot, I am sort of working in my head on how to make stuff in the future that is meant to be handled. Very cool. Yeah, because when I look at your work, um, it looks like it would be very pleasing to run my fingers Yeah, over. the tism <laughs> loves. It just, it just pictures me just getting all, all up in that. So that makes me very happy that there's an opportunity to walk through it and touch your art. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hear that a lot, and I also hear people want to eat it. Yes, it does look like if I had a knife and fork, I could go to town on some of your pieces of work, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, what, where do you get your inspiration for these things? Like, do you go out and you find pieces? Like, do you go shopping, thrifting, that kind of thing? I I get a lot of my materials by thrifting. Um, I've got a couple of places in town that I like to hit. We're fortunate to have a Goodwill outlet. So it's different than a regular Goodwill where you go in and things are on a rack. This stuff is wheeled out in these large um, bins and you go and you dig through. 
And the one that we have here, I don't know if they all operate the same, but like there's a section that's for clothes and stuff. And then there's a section that's got tubs that have small, what I would loosely call like home goods items. And I love to dig through those because you find, I find so many craft supplies, it's not even funny, but I like to get like board game pieces and anything that I can find that is within a certain size and I can find multiples of. So for some of my sculptures, I've used perm rods, which if you don't know what those are, it's when somebody's getting a, like a permanent wave done in their hair, you wrap the hair around it with the chemicals on it and then you fasten it closed and you hold that while the chemicals work. Well, I've found bags of those. And so I've used those in my sculptures as well. That's incredible. Tell us about a piece. And what we're going to do is we'll post some images um, of the pieces that you talk about in here on uh, the, the hot alien summer camp discord, which is where we're going to be hosting this particular podcast. Um, So if there's any particular that you'd like to show us, then maybe tell us about, um, we, we would love to just hear more about like some particular pieces, what they mean to you. You know, is there anything you're trying to say? Are there any emotion, emotions you're trying to evoke? That kind of thing. Well, so I guess what I would talk about first is my, the first sculpture that I ever did actually. Um, and it's called hot dream and a pinch of apple, which is just a, a random string of words that I put together to describe it because it's, very strange um what i found was a little i think it was probably a little candle holder and it was kind of colored uh like a bronze colored metal and inside of that um spray foam like you might use for insulation i filled that and then i painted over it and then i added um for little yellow teeth i added uh uh, trivial pursuit the game the little pie pieces i put those in as teeth (laughs) And then he's sitting in a dish that I thrifted and on the top of his little head, he's got, so my friend and I last year, we have a, um, a drag bar here in Oklahoma city called the boom. And every year they do a drag version of Rocky horror. So we went to that last year and they serve dinner and stuff like that. So inside of, you know, on top of the dinner, they had um, like fake bloody fingers and I had a little plastic eyeball. So on the top of this little sculpture, I harvested that eyeball and I added it with clay. Um, And then his little arms are from a Mr. Potato Head. And he was just the most sort of random combination of things. I just, my goal was to just make a creature. And so I made this strange little creature and he's the first sculpture I did. Now, since then, my work has kind of settled down into more like, um, like the, the kind of nature you might find on a coral reef or in a, like a mossy kind of ecosystem where you have all kinds of different flowers and they're all sort of clustered together in very organic asymmetrical ways, but there's a huge density of life. So the clay pieces that I've been doing lately are really sort of more like that. I would like eventually to go back and do some stranger things, you know, weird kind of creatures and whatnot. But I am focusing more on um, some of these more organic forms at the moment. And you've mentioned that um, you're kind of going to say burgeoning spirituality, but that might not be correct. But you want to talk about how your, your, your artwork and your spirituality is kind of combining yeah, well, I, I mean, my, doing the art, first of all, is, is one of my spiritual practices, for sure. Um, when I began my awakening, that really started in 2016. And um, I've been creative my whole life. When I was in my 20s, I was convinced I was going to grow up and be a writer. 
But then there was a period of my life where I just, I didn't have access to my creativity. And then I got really sick. And at the end of my illness, um, I, as part of my own healing, started um, doing art journaling. And I picked up like a, a cheap watercolor set and, and paper. And I was literally just playing. Like I felt like something creative needed to come out, but I wasn't doing it for anybody else's consumption or to show anybody else. So that lasted for a couple of years. And then in 2018, um, my husband and I moved into a rental house when we moved back to Oklahoma and I had a room dedicated to like a studio creative space for me. And it was when I was in that space and I'd started meditating every day and uh, I started to get really serious about art. So at that point, I was a painter rather than a mixed media artist. But um, I was very, very prolific. I've been very prolific since the beginning. And it just became clear to me as I was continuing to create that this is what I want to do. This is the only thing I want to do. And it brings me so much joy to do. And um it's, it's clear that I have a, a gift for it because it's like a faucet that I cannot shut off. Um, so art is the way that I heal myself. It is the way that I commune with the universe. Um, when I'm out in my studio, sometimes I'm listening to music. Sometimes I'm listening to podcasts. But there's always some internal work that is happening while my hands are busy. Because I have, um, I'm on the spectrum and I have ADHD. Very, very, I know probably most of the aliens are. Um, (laughs) It's very, 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 very busy. And I sometimes, God, I just want to take a break from myself. I get so tired of all the overthinking. And then when I come into the studio and I can get in the flow and I can keep my hands busy and I've got something to listen to, that's when I get to really be able to do work on myself. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one, one of the things I love about this community, the, the art, the artists here are able to bring things to life. Like I've never experienced, like, yeah. it's like you have a direct channel and you're, it, you're, it just, co- just pours out of you, just drips yep. and it's yep. incredible to watch. Yeah. I don't, I don't ever, ever run out of inspiration. In fact, that's part of the problem because um, this is not my full-time vocation yet. It will be eventually, but I do have a full-time job. And there are some days where the inspiration is coming so hard and fast. And I'm so frustrated because I'm like, I need to be in my studio right now so I can execute on these ideas. And I just feel like I'm tearing my hair out, staring at computers. And it's, it's, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's hard sometimes. Well, what, um, what are your like spiritual influences? Like, like, are there any philosophies, teachings, anything that, that you tap into when you're doing your artwork? I, I consider myself to be sort of a, a spiritual generalist. Um, my knowledge is broad, but not particularly deep. It's, I'm very much uh, a la carte and I don't <laughs> typically try to label what I believe because it's honestly, it's constantly changing. Um, I think if I was going to loosely slot myself anywhere, I think I'm, I would call, consider myself non-dual. Um, I'm influenced uh, generally by uh, Buddhism. Um, I do have a home altar. And so I incorporate various different kinds of practices. Like I've got deities from all different kinds of cultures on my altar um occasionally you know I've got a little mini cauldron and sometimes I'll write out a little spell or something and I'll burn it um I do yoga absolutely every single day and I'm always you know burning a candle and burning incense when I do that um but 
I am, I am an eternal seeker. The path of knowledge yoga, is that Janana yoga? I think it is. Um, it's you, basically in, this is going to sound so inarticulate and like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but there's, there's Janana yoga and Raja yoga and Bhakti yoga. And one of them is the path of devotion. One of them is the path of knowledge. And the third one is the path of, Ooh, I don't remember. Um, but my, I am very much path of knowledge. Like I'm always seeking to know more. And then as I experience things myself, like the Alice phenomenon, then I incorporate them into my belief. Tell us about the Alice phenomenon. Yeah, I want to hear about this Alice phenomenon. Mm-hmm. The Alice phenomenon. Oh my goodness. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, this really started a couple of years ago. And what started happening at first? So I have on Spotify, I have a playlist that's, oh God, like 2,500 songs long, like hours and hours and hours long. And what it is, is it's a dump playlist. Every time I make a different playlist, like a curated thing, all of those songs go into the dump playlist and anything that I just like, it just goes into that playlist. So sometimes when I don't know what to listen to, I will just turn that on and I'll hit shuffle. Well, what I noticed started happening a couple of years ago is especially when I was driving in the car, I would put that playlist on, I'd hit shuffle and a song would play and it would only play for like 10 or 15 seconds. And then it was like, there was a glitch or something and it would flip to a different song. But what was weird is the song it would flip to would not be something on my playlist. And I'm like, oh, this is a very strange software glitch. So it kept happening. Mm. I just assumed it was a glitch. But then after a while, the songs that it would flip to, they were meaningful to what was happening in the moment. I'm like, um there is something else going on here. So that happened for a while. And I just, I just observed it. That's all I did. But I was also just sort of experiencing, you know, I have an inner monologue. I was experiencing where sometimes there was another voice that was not mine. And it's not something I hear through my ears. It's something I hear in my head and encouraging messages, especially when I'm in my studio and I'm working on my art, um, healing dialogues between me and whatever this is. So at some point it, it just really felt like there is something with me. And I decided that I wanted to give that thing, whatever it is, a name. Now, Alice of Alice in Wonderland has been a symbol for me for a really long time. I am very, which is no surprise when you look at my art, I'm very drawn to places like Wonderland and Oz and, you know, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, very colorful, vibrant places, psychedelic. And so she was already, anything Wonderland related was already a synchronicity for me. So I decided to call this energy, this whatever it is, Alice. And the minute I named it, the phenomenon, the activity absolutely exponentially increased. So now that she has a name, she communicates with me a lot more often. And so when I named her, I remember one specific incident. I was on my way to work one morning and I did the Spotify playlist and it did the glitch and the song came up was good morning. That was the name of the song. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Good morning, Alice. And it's, <laughs> it took off from there, basically. Beautiful story. Wow. I have always uh, wondered about the concept of guides and everyone has a different experience in that, in that, in that realm of, of uh, beings guiding people or 
uh, communicating with people. And, you know, I've, I also have a home altar with lots of different deities that I have worked through with, you know, throughout this process, but I have never been able to uh, really connect with the idea of guides. And I really, uh, I'm going to sit with this idea of, 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 you know, finding the voice that the different flavor in your head and yeah. give it a name. I think that's a, a beautiful practice. So thank you for sharing your story. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, and I can't, wait to see I know like off the record I can't wait to see your uh first <laughs> your first uh art piece like th- this sounds incredible I guess I, man I had a, I had a thought there for a second oh I what I was gonna say is I have a theory about why giving her a name had the impact that it did Alice as a character from the story has a lot of energy attached to her already. You know, obviously um, there are lots of connections to sort of the spiritual awakening journey. A lot of people connect it to the psychedelic journey. Um, and so if, if you believe in the concept of egregores, Alice is something of an egregore. And so when I gave this energy, whatever it is, the name Alice, I believe on some level, I connected whatever it is that's talking to me to the greater energy of the egregore of Alice. And it, so it was like, it was like adding a battery pack to that, if it makes sense. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. I too have felt music deeply my entire life. And when I first kind of had this, you know, light switch moment, uh, I, I felt connection through song also. So uh, when Jeff told me about your story after your first reading, I was like, I want in, I want to know everything because I also feel like I channel uh, messages through music. So uh, I feel that deeply. I wish I wish we should I, like I have an idea to like create a channeled like music program that allows, you know, spirit to speak through music. But, you know, that's down the line. That's one of the many ADHD projects that, <laughs> that I've got on my list. <laughs> yeah. A while ago, I went and saw a medium and had a reading done um, and they told me that I was clear audience, which is something that I, I really like latched onto. Cause it really, I don't know. It spoke to me. It made a lot of sense to me. Like my whole life I've, I've, there's always a soundtrack going on in my head. Um, there's always music going on. If I can help it, if there's a speaker nearby, I'm, I'm turning it on and, and getting something going. Um, and it's always been a fascination with lyrics over the actual music itself. Um, I, I get infatuated with lyrics. Like I'll, I'll, I won't be able to go to sleep at night if there's a song on that I know the words to, you know, yeah. because I'll just, I yeah. can't help but sing it. Um, and when you did that first reading for me, the first thing I thought was, I, I want to tap into something like this too. Like, yeah. you know, it, it makes a lot of sense to me to, to listen to music and divine meaning from it in my own life. I mean, I, I already do that every day, you know, so why not? learn how to tap into my guides and you know see what they have to say through music exactly and one of the things that i like about this form of divination as opposed to something like tarot and this is no shade against tarot it's just it's never really um resonated with me as something that i felt like i was interested in becoming competent at and it's partly because i i'm a contrarian i don't want to do everything that everybody else is doing um, but also tarot as a method of divination already comes with so much, like the cards have meanings that pe- somebody else has already decided. And sure, so yeah. it's, it's, it would be for me, it would be difficult for me to discern 
is what I'm getting from this my true own intuition? Or is it just that because I catalog, you know, crap in my head, is this something that I've cataloged away? And now I'm trying to read it from, you know, what I have stored away in my head. And so with music instead, obviously, you know, you have a love song, there are some very inherent meanings. That song is obviously about love. But because, you know, you can look at all of the words in the title, you can look at all of the words in the lyrics, um, you can even look at the album cover or just how it makes you feel and interpret from that without having to, having this entire, you know, thousands of years of history of meanings built in by other people. So it's a lot more fluid. And in that way, it's a lot like my art because my art is very intuitive. I don't really plan ahead very much. I just go and uh, whatever makes sense right that second is what I do. And it's, it's a very similar approach to how I do um, the Cantigamancy. Yeah, I've always looked at tarot as like a written form of divination in the sense that when you're using a tarot deck, it's like um, using a dictionary. You know, like each yeah. one of them are words and it makes up a story. And I, I definitely think of this Cantigamancy stuff as uh, more artistic, you know, more of a a painting as opposed to a writing kind of thing. Yeah. It's kind of like improv kind of going back to your idea of when you, you gave Alice her name. Um, I, I, at one point in time, I think it was this past December, May 2020, I was doing some, some tarot on my own and I had the idea that, okay, like I am talking to someone here. Maybe it's time I figured out who it is, you know, and, I, you know, I, I started asking questions and pulling cards, and I just started seeing synchronicity after synchronicity in the cards and outside of it. And I, I came to the realization that I was tapping into my higher self uh, for this guidance. And there is something about being able to put, you know, a name or a specific energy to something. It really kicked up what I was getting from my readings. Like, yeah. I became, you know, more confident in my you know, discernment of the story that was being told. And I found that as I bought more, this is an interesting comparison to your, your playlist. As, as I buy more decks, it feels like I'm giving more words to that dictionary that it can use, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I find that, you know, it just paints a bigger story. And I'm sure as you continue to add music and more music is released, um, you know, the story must build up for you as well. Yeah, for sure. Do you see in your playlist uh, any, any certain like, types of music that they like to work with or is it just like kind of a melting pot of just whatever oh no it's 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 completely random so what it the way i do this process because this may help to answer some of these questions so if somebody brought me a question then i would go over to this playlist and uh i would press play when it was in random mode so that whatever comes up is not something that i've chosen and based on it usually takes three to five songs, although sometimes I've had an answer within the first song, um, I would I can sometimes get uh, an answer from the title, sometimes from the lyrics. Um, and then sometimes it's just a feeling. It's like this song has an overarching uh, feeling of sadness. The lyrics don't necessarily apply, but there's definitely a mood. Um, and then occasionally a song will come up that, doesn't have any meaning to me. But then when I send the playlist to the person who asked the question, they're like, oh my God, that's one of my favorite songs from back when I was in high school and was dating this guy or whatever. So it, their meaning happens outside of anything that I have interpreted. What was your question that I went into that little tirade about? 
uh, if there's different types of music or like a specific type oh. that you, you're noticing um, or like genres or uh, those kinds of things, but it, it sounds like it's pretty random. It is pretty random. I mean, obviously it's rooted in like my particular taste in music because everything on that playlist is something that I would listen to independent of this divination mm-hmm. process. Um, but uh, no, it's, you know, it's, it's literally like whatever this energy that I'm connecting with is, is going through the catalog and going, what in these 2,500 songs fits this situation most and then sometimes it will do the glitch thing and go outside of my playlist as well do you have uh an experience that you that sticks out in your mind or one that uh you'd like to share that uh you resonated with most or that you you had a, a really cool experience with um gosh um let me think for a minute i i have some experiences but i want to be sensitive to telling other people's stories mm-hmm, sure. um uh I, I think I think this this friend would be okay with this. So my one of my very best friends in the whole world uh, was a woman named Tara. And she passed away in December quite suddenly. She had been battling breast cancer, but but she went for a procedure that um, would have given her a chance of being healed. And unfortunately, instead, it killed her. Um, when that happened, I flew out to where she and her wife had been for the procedure so that I could be with her wife immediately after Tara died. And we spent, I think it was four days together, um, grieving together. And at one point I was telling her wife about Alice because we hadn't had that conversation, I think in depth before and asked if she wanted me to do this uh, divination process. And um, what uh, Luna is, is Tara's wife. What she wanted to do is she wanted to see if we could talk directly to Tara. What ended up happening is in the sequence of songs uh, that came up, it was communicated that we were hearing from Tara, but it, that it wasn't Tara who was actually directly communicating with us. She was communicating through Alice. And uh, so Luna asked a series of questions and I answered those questions. Um, And then one of the songs came up was by a band called Nightwish, which was one of their favorite bands together. And so it had particular Mm. sentiment uh, for Luna in that moment. And she felt like Tara was really there with us. Wow. Wow. Now, I I think you may have mentioned this before, but how many songs do you have on that playlist right now? Oh, gosh. Uh, Let me look. I'll pull it up real fast. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you shared it with me at one point i did yeah let me yeah. go look um it is currently it doesn't list the number of songs but it is currently up to 182 hours of music wow yeah it's a lot of music yeah. <laughs> so i tried to do some research on Mancy. i found one kind of um maybe hobbyist wikipedia kind of thing mm-hmm. on it um, that was interesting, but I really don't know a whole lot else about it. Um, do you have any like suggestions for people who want to give it a shot, how to go about like connecting with their guide and, you know, discerning, you know, what, what is being told to them? Well, um, I'm making this up as I go, so I can really only tell you what works for me you're right about there not being a whole lot of information about it online. I, you know, I kind of resonate with the idea of chaos magic where 
you do whatever works best for you. You know, um, if you want to do ritual of some kind before you get into that, like I like to at least do some deep breathing before I get into that. Um, or maybe a little bit of meditation, light a candle. I can do it on the fly. I don't have to go through those things, but I do find it makes it easier to connect to it and be in the moment when I do those. Um, but I think the, the, probably the number one most important thing is being able to discern in your mind, the difference between your own voice and something that is coming from outside of you. And maybe it is, um, whatever that is, is using different language that you would use. Maybe it's introducing concepts or ideas that you don't feel like are coming from your own mind. And so I feel like if you can tune into that possibility in your mind and in your body and your spirit, because sometimes it'll come through to me, not even as language, but as, um, like shivers, shivers along the back of my shoulders and things like that. That would be the first step for connecting to an energy, a guide, a higher self, whatever. And then if you want to play with Canticumancy, like what I do, um, get yourself a big fat playlist <laughs> and, and just play with it. Just, just ask a question and hit random, hit shuffle, and see what comes up. And maybe something comes up, maybe it doesn't. But this also works where you're in situations where you're not in control of the music at all. So maybe you, uh, you're you going grocery shopping, and in your car, you intentionally think to yourself, okay, while my body is busy doing the grocery shopping, I'm going to tune into the music that's playing over the speakers, and I'm going to mm -hmm. see if there's a message there for me. Or, you know, the music that comes up in movies. Is there a particular moment, a scene in a movie where something that is happening that I feel a connection to? And then listen to the music. Is there a message there for me in this moment? You know, it strikes me that what you're describing is very much like meditation. Oh, yeah. You know, because you have to shut out the thoughts about... I mean, really, you got to shut out everything and just be attentive in the moment yes. of what's being, you know, sent to you. And I know that's something I need to work on myself. Uh, you know, I try my best, but it's still something I can improve on. But yeah, being more in the moment when it comes to listening to um, what's being played around me is something I could definitely do. Yeah, I absolutely relate to um, uh, the like movies, especially and music. It's just like those things that are around me that are like constantly giving us signs and symbols that are easily manipulated by, you know, other spirits and uh, energies around us. Like just constantly in the morning, just setting your intention for, you know, what you want to experience for the day. Or if you're, you know, if you have something on your mind, just asking for signs and being open to how they show up. But um, uh, my first, you know, first stint of the awakening was all movies, every, everything around me, every, even commercials, like, it was like speaking directly to me and, you know, the ADHD brain is just constantly whirring around and, and like, I've started realizing that, you know, these like movie scenes are playing in my head or these songs were playing in my head at the perfect times that lined up with whatever concern or question or problem or, you know, situation that was going on around me. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's around us all the time. You just have to figure out how it's being shown to you. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's in your, whether it's in your body as an emotion, as a feeling, or, um, you know, ex externally as a song or, you know, 
nature is is loud if we listen to it you know what I mean like yeah we're we're surrounded by technology and that's just another you know medium for them to speak to us through but it's there it's all around us it's just how you personally experience it yeah I, I heard somebody describe it this way when you are in a hat kind of a habit of doing things on autopilot and boy I'm so guilty of this I I have a very busy monkey mind I'm an overthinker always you know, you might be driving home and you're thinking about your day at work and you're thinking about what you're going to do for dinner and you're not paying any attention to what you're doing and you get home and you realize you didn't notice your drive at all. If you can pull back from that monkey mind and focus on the moment, the synchronicities are happening all over the place all the time, but you don't notice them unless you notice the moment that you're in. I'm sure probably both of you have experienced seeing like a license plate and it's just exactly the right message at the right mm-hmm. time. And I know there are people who roll, roll their eyes at that and think that's cheesy, but um, those little teeny tiny moments, like individually probably maybe don't mean a whole lot, but when you add them up, there, there becomes a pattern. And so the more that you can pull yourself back out of, I, I kind of think of my head as my, my mind as being projected way into the stratosphere when I'm sort of dissociated out of my body. If I can pull myself back down into my body and be present with what's going on around me, I am more likely to notice the synchronicities that were always there in the first mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. I, I think for me, the synchronicity thing it, it very much like you just said um they're they're always there and i i know when working with my subconscious the the, the trick to getting my guide to really work with me is to um recognize that when i'm seeing those sinks there there's something in my subconscious that's making me see that mm-hmm. you know and, you know, and, and stopping for a moment and going, okay, you know, that felt like a sink. Let's see, you know, why is, you know, which of my chakras is lighting up? You know, what, what's going on here? Why did that feel like it needed to be important enough to notice? Um, and, you know, you mentioned the, the monkey mind idea, you know, that, that resonates as, as like kind of a Buddhist principle of like the, maybe not so much Buddhist as, you know, I'm not sure how to say that, but, you know, just the idea of floodlight versus spotlight consciousness yeah, and like learning to shift into that floodlight. And, and I, I don't know, that's something I really struggle with, but I do find that when I'm, I'm, you know, meditating and focusing specifically on, um, my, you know, what my guide's trying to tell me yeah, that something about focusing in allows me to open up, mm-hmm. you know? One of, one of the other things that I have recently started implementing um, in order to try to dial in these experiences where I have a little bit more control is not the word I'm really looking for because I'm not trying to control any of it, but where it's maybe a little bit more predictable. So I just recently completed Mitch Horowitz's 30 day mental challenge. This, this was my second time doing it. And I downloaded an app. It's called Dailyo, D-A-Y-L-I-O. It's a mood tracking app. And so if you're not familiar with the 30 day mental challenge, he, he had a book and I was not prepared with this information that it's basically a new thought type uh, of program. And there was a paragraph in this book that he read at one point and it was really impactful on him. And the, it the basically is the story. It was like 
in the 1950s or something, the gentleman who wrote this book um, said that he uh, set forth a plan that for 30 days he was going to think only positive, productive thoughts. And um, he found that purposely, intentionally doing that on a daily basis bore fruit for him. Like think things manifested into his life. It improved his mood. It improved his relationship. And so what you do for the 30 days of this program, if you go through Mitch Hora, which is version of this, um, is you read a little passage every day and then you go throughout your day and you just make sure to focus your mind and your energy on the things that are going to make you healthier, happier, make you more loving to the people that are around you, get you closer to your goals and try to separate your yourself from the things that make you loop and make you spiral. And for me, that is the news. So I, you know, did this for 30 days and I tracked my mood while I was doing it. And with that app, you can also track things like what did you eat? What was the moon cycle? How well did you sleep? What was your activity levels? And then there's a section at the bottom where you can put notes. And so what I have been recording is my synchronicities and then uh, manifestations that come in into my life, like this podcast, for example, which was something I wanted to manifest in my life. I put it out there on the Discord board and 24 hours later, I had an invitation to do it. So tracking all of those things and tracking it and looking at it in terms of, okay, where was my mood on that day? And I have observed, at least for myself, on the days when I am able to keep myself in a higher state of mind, the synchronicities and manifestations happen more often and are stronger. And so I think that there is a secret in there as well. If you can dial in, okay, what are the things that uh, cause me to be anxious or cause me to be angry? Can I eliminate those things from my life so as much as possible so that I stay in an elevated state of mind so then my guides can talk to me and my manifestations can come through? It's like <laughs> on a very silly level, I would wear uh, a rubber band and every time I had like negative thoughts or silly thoughts or just intrusive things, I would snap my wrist with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With <laughs> this thing just to be like, nope, we're not, we're, we're, and it was like the physical reminder to just like stay, stay in the present. I like need stay to stay here, that. stay positive. It, yeah. it was really, really effective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Playing around with the law of attraction is a lot of fun once you are able to get into the positive mindset mm -hmm. because it, you do just start seeing the, the blessings flow in yep. when you're, when you're putting out that good energy, you mm -hmm. know, it just, you, you become surrounded by it. It's, it's funny, like when I first started down this path, uh, I was reaching out to some like I had a, a Buddhist monk friend and, you know, I was like, oh, my God, I had this reading today. And then I ran into this person on the street and this, you know, all these synchronicities and all and like it was just so overwhelming and beautiful. And he was like, you know, he's been doing this for 40 years. And he's like, well, that's a little overwhelming, friend. You know, you, you kind of get to a point when you're in alignment where, it, you know, the daily magic it doesn't become mundane, but it just is like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? And uh, like in the beginning, it's so so exciting and so magical, and then you're just like, it's it's your daily life, and you realize so many things that you wish for are now a part of your experience, and it's like, I just you just you know, there's days you just wallow in gratitude for how far you've come and how magical this all really is because we really are the creators of this shit. Like we yep. really are. And yep. when we take a little bit of a fucking, account sorry, pardon me. <laughs> when we take a little accountability for our lives, 
man, it's beautiful. Not to say, not to like say that, you know, the things that happen to us are our fault. That's not what I'm saying, but you know, what we do with it and, you know, and how we heal and learn and grow, it makes such a big difference on our, our lives, as well as the, the collective, as well as the world, you know, the, you know, the new world starts within us, within each of us in our daily lives. Yeah. Alchemy, being able to turn the painful experiences into your life into um, gold, uh, healing for yourself or um, something that you can offer to support somebody else. Uh, yeah, that's a powerful, powerful gift and tool. Uh, are you, do you believe that we chose this life or do you believe, I mean, there's so many different facets of spirituality that some people believe that we were, we chose this life before we came here. Some people think we're just bacteria on a floating rock, just, you know, sentient bacteria on a floating rock. You know, where, where do you feel like you stand on, uh, on that topic? I, I'm not a bacteria on a floating rock kind of person. Um, <laughs> I, I think some version of reincarnation makes the most sense to me, especially, uh, you know, when you hear about like near death experiences and things like that. And I have people in my life who I feel very strongly were part of my past life as well. And my husband in particular is one. And then my friend Tara, who I spoke of earlier, were was one. And both of those people have communicated to me that they also feel like we were part of each other's past lives. So it's not even just something that I you know, feel like I'm making up in my head. And I definitely have people in my life that I believe are part of uh, what some people call like a soul tribe. But whether I chose it or not, I don't know. Man, there are some days that um, I'm not doing so well and i'm like man if i chose this i am so mad at myself <laughs> but then there are other days because you know the the world is very strange right now and um we are living through a period of time which um human the likes of which humanity has never ever seen and i'm an aquarius i am a textbook aquarius this is i was the, dying to ask yeah, <laughs> the most perfect time that i could live through because it's so fascinating to me. It's so interesting to me. It's like, of course I would be born now. So mm. when I have those days and I'm like, of course I would be born now, it's easier for me to imagine that I chose it. Yeah. There, there's just seems like the, the people that I've been interacting with the last few years, like we were here at this time for a reason. I mean, like this feels like such a big, important part of history uh, that we're playing a part of and yeah. that, you know, each of us, we're doing our part to, you know, whatever the hell is going on right now. We're all doing a little part of it. And it's, it's incredible. It's, it's a wild ride to be a part of, but uh, being able to zoom out and see the bigger picture of this huge changes that are change happening globally. And like, it really is like the, the age of awakening. And yeah. I think we, we went through this kind of phase where we were like, the more people we can get awake, da, 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 you know, that, that kind of just never sat, sat right with me. And now I just want to find my people and, you know, I, I don't want to like influence anyone anymore. I just want to like, it, you know, find your people and find the new world in that. And, you know, the, the new world's a great, a great mechanism for escapism and for, you know, that kind of thing. But like, it really, it's, it's, it happens on small, tiny, individual levels in our in our day-to-day -day lives that we can step away from you know our programming and society and those kinds of things by creating our own worlds and our own minds and circles and bodies and friendships and connections and relationships and 
that it, it'll that, that will change everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Jessa talks about um, you know the the aliens communicated to her that boy, I am just straight woo right out of the gate on my first podcast. Um, the <laughs> arsenal, the image makers, I don't remember what they all are, but mm-hmm. image maker resonates with me strongly. I mean, I'm a utopian at heart and it is, it is kind of a tightrope for me to walk on because I want so much to have a peaceful, beautiful, loving, kind world. And my natural instinct is to want to trust everybody. And I have been burned so many times mm-hmm. by that, that it's, it is, it's not as easy anymore, but it has been easy in the past for me to really slip into a space of despair because like I, my heart is so generous. I just want everybody to be okay and everyone to be in love with each other. And um, so one of the ways that I channel that hope and that wish is into my art um, because I am working, you know, obviously I'm working with Alice on the outside, but I'm working from my inner child. This is how I am healing mm-hmm. the child that had all these hopes and these dreams. You know, when I was a kid, I would read things like the Chronicles of Narnia and I wanted so bad to go through that wardrobe. Oh my God, I wanted it so bad. And I believe, you know, magic exists. Um, and, but I, I, I get so frustrated at times that the healing in you know the wider healing of the world isn't happening faster and so i through the creation of my art and through the creation of beauty um in the other ways that i incorporate it into my life i soften the nest of the inner child in my heart while she waits for the vision of the earth that she really truly believes is possible i love that yeah Mm -hmm. I, i frequently describe myself as a utopianist and like i i really resonate with that like that sense of despair that you can fall into at times when you're so ready and willing to see everything in the best possible light um i I know it it put me into the hospital at one point you know just seeing like the the horror of what the world was going through it was like around 2016 yeah um and you know but i mean from that that, that was a big part of my awakening as well, you know, was, was coming out of that and realizing, okay, I have two options. I can, you know, be a quote unquote realist, you know, or whatever, and, and, and dim my lights, or I can make the, the conscious decision to let it shine and, you know, try and, and be the, the good, bright light in the world that I want to see. Yeah, I thank God for you both. Yeah, indeed. I can't be a realist. That direction lies death for me. If I just quit believing in in the magic, um, I would not be able to wake up in the morning. I I have I have to have a grip on some magic, um, some divinity, some faith, whatever it is. I, I have to believe that things can be more beautiful than they are now. Yeah. And I, I don't know, for me, it's, it's getting easier and easier to do that. I don't know if it's just from flexing that muscle and working it out or if things really are, you know, starting just to get better, you know, um, but I'm, I'm seeing more and more of the good come to fruition. Maybe that's a little bit of my own little manifestation there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The more we kind of prune the things out of our lives that caused us stress and pain and anguish and anger and like the, the the less you focus on society and government shit and 
you know, all the all the horrors in this world, not to say that they're not there and they're not real for some, they're for, for a lot of people, but the more you're able to kind of prune away the things that don't, you don't resonate with, like you, like your, your inner world just changes and you can't even resonate with that stuff anymore. It's like, it's no longer even a part of your daily life. Like I too had to step away. I stepped away from the news in 2020. I just had a baby and it, it was overwhelming from, from my little empath heart to like, uh, to, to hold the pain of the world. I mean, it, it, it felt so heavy and it was heavy. It was insane. And, but I, my energy was not doing anyone any good in that space. You know, I know there's, there's absolutely space and time and, uh, you know, sacredness to the sacred rage, but I, I had to step away from it. And like, the more I realized how, if I could just stay present in my own reality, everything changed. And like, just just concepts and and programs just fell away that just don't even resonate in my daily life it's just completely changed everything yeah well that all that fear stuff like it's a constant feed you know you pop on to um i love tiktok i use tiktok every day and i post on tiktok every day for my art but i have had to very carefully curate my feed because you you can literally just be fed doom and gloom 24 24 mm-hmm. 7 if if you want to go there but you know like the fires that just happened in hawaii of course i am i'm very heartbroken for the people that experienced that and lost their homes and lost their lives and i i am glad that i'm aware that that was an event that happened but if i spend a whole lot of time because there are rabbit holes you can go down to people talking about lasers and all these different things and i don't know i have no idea if any of that stuff is real but it doesn't do me any good to spend a whole lot of time worrying that it might be because it's not like i can do anything about that and you know you hear people talk about tending to your own garden the metaphor that i like is you know if you've ever been on an airplane they're going through the security briefing and they talk about make sure you put your own mask on first before you put somebody else's on And if I am spending so much energy watching the news and worrying about things that I can't do anything about, it drags me down. I get home from work at the end of the day. I don't have any any energy left for um, the things that build me up and lift me up and make me whole, which once I have that energy in myself, then I can give it to the people that I love and the causes that I love and the community that I love. So I have to make sure I'm putting my mask on first so that I'm healthy and frankly, sane enough. Mm-hmm. to participate in the world in a productive way. Well, um, I want to get back a little bit to some more on your artwork. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. I have some questions about how you choose the mediums. I, I know you talked about where you get them, but do you feel like, in particular, I'm thinking of how you know Alice fits into this. Do you feel like you know your guides are assisting you in finding what you need to find? Do you feel like it's you know divine timing when you get there? Um, it, as far as like materials is concerned, oh yes, I get a lot of help with that. Um, Alice is cheeky. Uh, she loves to. I, I haven't used them in my art yet, but it's it's more like just kind of a wink. I'll go to the Goodwill outlet, um, which I do at least once a month. And I seem to always find rubber ducks. So I have an entire collection of mini rubber ducks. But it seems like whenever I am trying to find something in particular, like maybe not something 
exactly particular, but say I need um, elements of a certain kind, little teeny tiny board game pieces is what I'm after in particular. I always seem to find what I'm looking for. Um, I've had very good luck at a thrift store locally that is not, not a Goodwill out. It's a regular thrift store. And I have gotten pounds and pounds and pounds of materials for my work, good quality things and paid just almost nothing for them. I think part of the advantage of the way I, the way that I work, the mixed media is a lot of the local artists are 2D artists. So they're painters, illustrators, digital artists. So I think I have the advantage of being sort of unique in the area for the materials that I'm looking for too. There's not a lot of competition. But, um, you know, back when I was painting, I, I had I'm, I'm a psychedelic maximalist. That's that's how I describe myself. I'm, I'm allergic to white space. If I have a foundation that I'm building a composition on, I want to fill as much of that space up as possible. And so um, I use a lot of beads. Those are those are almost kind of an obvious supply. But as I go along and continue this process, I start looking and thinking outside of the box at other materials. So when I was at one of my favorite thrift stores a while back, I found um, they're little black brushes, like paint brushes, but they're, they're maybe two and a half inches long. And they were all wrapped in some kind of medical packaging, like sterile packaging. And they were for some kind of um, ophthalmic solution application. But there were dozens and dozens and dozens of them. And I really like to use plastic things, things that might otherwise end up in a landfill, end up in the water, you know, and break down into, into microplastics, uh, things that other people might look at and go, um, well, you know, it's missing its board game or it's all mixed up or it, like these medical supplies something that people might not think of using. And I like to be able to take those and repurpose them. So sometimes I will find a material and I'll really want to use it, but I don't have a plan for it. And so I build a plan around the element. So it goes both ways, really. Can you tell us a bit about, you know, what you hope people experience when they engage with your artwork? Joy. Mm. Joy. Joy. Sim that very simple joy, curiosity, um, I, I find that I've, I've, I've received feedback from people. Um, they don't use this language necessarily, but I find a lot of adults when they look at my work, it really does speak to an inner child. Um, kids obviously totally love, love my art. The other thing is because I do use uh, materials in kind of unusual ways, um, help, hopefully causing people to look at things differently. So the um, thing that I did for Factory Obscura, I had some Barbie doll shoes that I used in kind of an unusual way. And if when you looked at this composition uh, at first, you might not recognize what they were. And it's kind of like those I spy books. Then you can kind of go in and look at each and every single detail. Oh my God, those are Barbie shoes. And I'm hoping that that opens up people's perception to be able to see other uses for things in their own, you know, creations in their own lives, whatever. Um, I like uh, hum uh, elevating humble materials. Um, if, if a person is really interested in becoming an artist, particularly a mixed media artist, there is absolutely no reason why you should ever have to buy 
a whole lot of anything new. I, I, I will probably always have to buy like adhesives, um, possibly canvases, things like that. But I truly believe at some point my compositions are going to be 90 to 95% recycled materials. There's just so much stuff out there for a person who is creative and isn't afraid to take a risk. Well, I, you know, we're, we're going on about an hour now. Um, why don't we go ahead and wrap things up? Do you want to, where can we see your work right now? Are you showing anywhere? Um, tell us about your website, all that. Yeah. So in the Oklahoma city area, I currently have an installation at equity brewing, which is in Norman. Uh, Norman is about half an hour outside of Oklahoma city. And that will be up through September 24th. Um, you can find me on my website. That's BiancaRoland.com. That's R O L A N D. There is no W. Um, and so there, that is, there's, that is a small portion of my stuff. It is a brand new website and I'm still working on getting stuff on there. Uh, if you want to see what I'm working on currently, and that is always current, probably TikTok is the best place because I post on there every day. Um, and my handle over there is at Bianca Roland art. I'm also at Bianca Roland art on Instagram. And I post over there at least once a week. Um, I also have an account on Pinterest. It's also at Bianca Roland Art. And one of the sections that I have on there is the art that inspires me. So if you're curious, not about, not just about my work, but about the things that make my eyes light up. And when I see it, um, you can find that over on my Pinterest account. Do you have any, do you or Alice have any message for the community? Ooh, well, give me just a minute to, to tune in. Uh, nothing that's coming through in words. There is a sense of, of warmth and community. I feel a, um, a gentle pressure in my chest in a good way. I feel a sense of connection and positive energy, um, not only between the three people that are involved in this conversation, but anybody who listens to it after this. I think it's just a general sense of um, she's happy to be included in this. Also, don't be surprised if after this is coming from me, not Alice, don't be surprised if after listening to this podcast, if you start seeing Alice synchronicities, that happens a lot. Whenever I talk about her, other people start to see synchronicities and that's, that's her winking at you. Oh, I love that so much. Beautiful. Well, thank you yeah. for existing. We're so appreciative, appreciative of you, of you and your energy and your magic. Thank never you. Stop, yes, never you stop so sharing. Yeah. And thank, thank you for inviting me to do this. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, join us next time. And thank you so much for tuning in. Um, bye. Bye. Love you.